Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. You know, for many people, uh, God has given you ideas. Many people listening, God has given you ideas that have been in the back of your head or the bottom of your heart or however you want to look at it for a long time. But for many people, the ideas don't go past your own limiting mindsets. We're going to dive right in on this one today. I was running this morning with my friend um, Troy. We get up three times a week and we run, right? We're training for a half marathon now. So today was five miles. That's kind of our minimum. Uh, half marathon's 13. So and then we have one day a week usually that we do uh, stretch our distance, eight, nine, 10 miles, right? Um, and we were running today and um, uh, I don't know where this popped up, how this popped up in my head, but we were talking about business and we were talking about different things. And it dawned on me, man, people, um, people a lot of times are defeated in life because of their own objections that they can't get past. For my running, for instance, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen in my story, it was a video of Troy and I running down my driveway from this morning from my surveillance camera. We're running down my driveway and at the bottom I had, at the top I had like our time and, you know, our pace and all that. And then at the bottom I had um, some objections. Hey, it's it's August. It's the worst time of year to run. It's man, at six thirty this morning, it was a hundred percent humidity out there today. Uh, that's gross to run in that stuff, right? It's terrible. Like it smacks you. You walk outside. Usually, there's you know before June there was like a, a kind of a chill in the air when you go out at six o'clock in the morning. But this time of year, like you go out and it's you're sweating the moment you step out of the door. And then hey, it's too early. Hey, I've run two other times this week already. And I put there, if you can get past your own objections, you'll get to where you want to be. There's a book that came out a few years ago called Start With Why. And it wasn't a Christian book. And I honestly never read the book, but the title did me some help there. But in every business endeavor, there needs to be, or or life endeavor, there needs to be a, a buy-in, an emotional buy-in. When I wanted to lose weight, I've talked about that before. When I wanted to lose weight, my buy-in was, hey, I was 21 and I was having knee troubles and ankle troubles. And I thought, man, when I'm 80, if I'm not, if I don't have this weight off of me, what is what is my life going to look like? What are my knees going to feel like? What are my ankles going to feel like if at 21 I'm dealing with this? That was my why. That was my, my buy-in, my emotional buy-in that when things got difficult, I had this why. And I truly believe in that and starting with why throughout the many years of working in sales, if we could get someone to have a clearly defined why on why they are out there, there would be motivation beyond the money, beyond the hardship, motivation that would put push people to work when it's raining, push people to not quit. But beyond the why, um, I believe one of the more important things you can do if there's something that God has put in your heart, or even just something that you know for yourself, hey, you know, I've been I've been trying to lose weight for 10 years. Like if you've been trying to lose weight for 10 years, I understand there's some like literal physical limitations that people have. There's there's different things that people have. But if if you've been going after something, not wholeheartedly, but you've been, it's in the back of your head, oh, I should do this, I should start this business, I should, I should start a savings account, I should uh, you know, re- reconcile my relationship with a family member. If you've had that in your back of your head, usually the thing that limits you is just you have your own objections that outweigh your own why. And so I, um, it just, this phrase came to me this morning, but start with your own objections. So I'm going to give you a little bit of homework if I can. But as I'm talking, if there's something that is quickened to you, hey, whatever category it's in, right? Uh, Starting a business, you know, getting better at the piano, uh, learning an instrument, losing weight, 
whatever the whatever it is, start down and just write what you want to do on paper and then start with your number one objections to all of these things because you are going to have objections. For a lot of people, it's like, oh, I want to build this app or I want to start this business. And their first objection is, well, there's other people doing it. Oh, there's other people building apps. Well, yeah, of course there's other people building apps. If there wasn't other people building apps, no one would be downloading apps because they wouldn't be popular, right? Oh, there's other people doing this business. Yes, that means you're in you're in uh, something that's a tested market. You're in a, something that's a, t- a, t- a tested, um, yeah, tested like people, people are going to use the product. So some of our objections are actually very silly, but you have to be able to look at this and say, this is, these are my objections to this. For some people, it's on taking a risk. Hey, I don't want to take this risk. If you really look at it, it's, it reveals an insecurity. I don't want to taste that, take this risk to try to begin something because there's a chance that I may be a failure. And there comes a point where you have to kind of get real with yourself. If you want to see growth in an area, Hey, uh, you know, I've been playing this instrument, but I really haven't gotten better in the last five years. I'm barely good enough to be on the team that I'm on, and I need to get better. Why am I not getting better? Hey, I'm lazy. I don't feel like it most of the time. If you can identify your own laziness and be honest with yourself and be like, I'm kind of a lazy person. I'm not really, the, I'm not really a go-getter, but I want to be. You can start asking the questions, okay, how do I get better? How do I get less lazy? And this is the only way to improvement. Um, and, and for some people that's hard, they want to, they want to live comfortably and not be called out as the lazy person, right? They want to be the person that, that they don't want to be seen as that. But if you're looking to be just seen in a certain way, or if you're looking to actually be a person of value and a person who can move ahead in life, and I'm not saying if you aren't getting better at your instrument, you aren't playing, you aren't a person of value, but if you're looking to improve, you as a better person bring help you're more of a help to other people. When we talk about, oh, changing the world, you know, you got you change the world. There's things that obviously God does the equipping, but there's a level of responsibility from us. For many of you, God has given you an idea, something that you can put to action, but because of your own self-limiting mindsets, hey, why am I not going after this? The Lord's been putting this on my heart to start this ministry, to start this blog, to start this whatever. Why am I not doing it? Well, I think, it, I don't know if I have the skills. Well, do you, do you know other people? You know, one of the joys in life is understanding that you don't have to know anything. I used to think like, man, to be a person, a jack of all trades is like so helpful. And now my view is back. My view is the opposite, man. To be a person who's really, really good at one thing, man, that's awesome. There's a football quarterback named Peyton Manning, and he's either retired or nearing retirement. But he talked about how when he went to college, he had a shock because when he got to college, it was either college or the pros, but when he got there, he had actually never done laundry in his life. Like he grew up in a home, his dad played professional football, his brother's also in the NFL, um, his dad is Archie Manning, brother's uh, Eli Manning, and so a family of NFL players, and he's like, growing up, like all I did was play sports. That's all I did. Like he had nev- literally never done his laundry. So his first time out on his own, he was like oblivious. Like, I don't know how to, d- there's just simple life stuff that I don't know how to do. That could probably be a bit of a grief point for a wife. But if your husband's making, you know, 18 million a year in the NFL, you'll probably be okay. You know, you can hire a maid at that point if it's that big of a deal. But he's someone of focus who's excellent at what he does because of focus. You know, for me, I'm not great at working on cars. I'm not even good. I'm not even, I don't even remotely understand. People would ask me about, I had a Mini Cooper for a while. Man, that Mini Cooper is awesome. That thing has a turbo, doesn't it? 
And I'm like, I don't know, man, you tell me. And they're like, yeah, I think it's got a turbo. And then I got the Subaru and they're like, man, that Subaru is awesome. That thing's four wheel drive, isn't it? I'm like, I don't know. Let me find out. And it turns out it's all wheel drive. But how many horsepower does the thing have? I don't know, bro. I, uh, I just drive it. Uh, it's, it's got, it's a stick shift. That's all I know, you know? But there's things that I don't need to be good at because there's other people that can be good at them. You don't need to be a hero when it comes to, I need to be able to be great at everything. If you're, if you're wanting to get good at music, you don't need to play every instrument to make, to make a CD, to make um, a record. You can find people that can help. But for many people, they've stopped before they've begun simply just because there's been objections of their own. If it's losing weight, oh, I want to lose weight. You know, identify your objections. For me, when I run, I'm over it now. I've become disciplined. It's just what I do. I actually look forward to it. That's something you can actually begin to cultivate, like enjoying the difficulties. But but before it was like, I'm most likely going to wake up and I'm not going to feel like running. So I'm giving my word the night before. So the night before, I would give my word. I am, I would even say it out loud if there's no one around. I am running tomorrow morning, and I'm a person. I I the fact that I'm a man of my word to, is more important to me than than really more than anything else is that I'm a person of honesty and a man, man of integrity. So if I said it out loud, I was committed to it. If I didn't say it out loud, I wasn't. But if I said it out loud, I was committed to it. So I'd say, all right, I'm running tomorrow. And then when I woke up and I was like, oh, I didn't feel like running. I ate too much food last night. I'll run the next day. And all these excuses popped into my head because of how I felt. I was able then to address it and be like, well, I've just promised. So uh, I'm getting up and I'm going to go do it. And so you start with that. And then for a lot of people, you know, I noticed because I started doing this when this came into my heart. I was like, what are the things that the Lord's put in my life that that I'm I'm procrastinating on? And I started to really dig a bit deeper and look and say, what's the reason why I'm hesitant to move forward in these things. And I realized for me, it was just, it was uh, revealing insecurities where I, in an area where I want to feel like I'm okay. And then I, so I don't, I don't move forward because it, it, me moving forward to improve in an area shows that I, it's, it's an area that needs an improvement, right? So I want to put it in the category of like, hey, I'm good, right? But it was an insecurity for me. It was, it was, it was understanding that there's, there's room for improvement in my life. And so when I can look and be like, hey, I actually don't have it all together in this area. Hey, I need help. Hey, I need this. That's where I believe God is, is, has given us his word. For those of you out there who say, man, there, there are quite a lot or there are some insecurities in my life in different areas, whether it's physically or just my value, how I feel like I'm valued. This is where the word of God this is where the Word of God really is is built to help us, where we can take the Word of God and use them against our insecurities. Lord, your Word says that, that you sent your Son to die for me, so I know my value. I know my value represented by the fact of how much you love me and even how much the devil hates me. If I wasn't of any value, he wouldn't hate me as much as he does. If I wasn't of any value, he wouldn't be after my soul as much as he is. If I wasn't of any value, Jesus, you wouldn't have died for me. And you begin to take the word. I, I believe that's an area on value that a lot of people deal with. You know, parents, oh, you were a mistake or whatever, all these things that come up and people start to, they get sin in their life and then they think, oh, I'm not a value anymore because I've done these things. But that's where beginning to see, hey, the blood of Jesus was shed for me. That makes me a person worth something. The devil is not going to mess with people that they don't care about, that he doesn't care about. And so beginning to identify that, uh, when you look at the word, there's objections all the way through the Bible. If you look at Jesus and Peter, 
Jesus, um, when you expect objections, life gets life gets easier. It's when you expect the, the pathway to be clear that when you run into where you have this business idea and you tell somebody and they're like, that sounds stupid. Now, if they're a business person, if they're a legitimate business person, they won't say that sounds stupid. They're probably going to try to counsel you and be like, hey, there's room for improvement in this area. This is the area that seems like a weakness. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom or there's safety. And so for people, like if you're looking at a business plan, don't just run gung-ho. Like look at people who are in a higher place of business, more experience, and go find the people who can counsel you in that area. But if a friend of yours, you pitch it to and you're like, this is what I want to do and you're all excited and they're like, man, that's stupid. Don't don't let their voice of discouragement discourage you. They could be having a bad day. They could they could say that because, hey, there's something that the Lord's put on their heart that they haven't moved forward on and they don't want you, you know, uh, having a, what looks like a leg up. There could be a lot of reasons. But um, so get wise counsel and don't just run ahead foolhardy with, with something, a business plan that's not going to work. But... Know that God comes to encourage you, but there'll always be objections in life. When you expect objections, it makes it easier when they come. You know, you look at uh, the woman who came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, um, my daughter is sick. Can you pray for her? And she was a um, I think a Syrophoenician woman. So she wasn't a Jew. Jesus was sent to the Jews, the lost the lost uh, tribes of Israel. And he said, he said, um, it's not meat for the the master to give the the food for the children to the dogs. He man, Jesus called this woman not a child but a dog, and she said, "Here, this objection comes from Jesus." And she said, "Yes, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table." When that objection came, that would have derailed most people. Yeah, this isn't going to work. It's not going to happen. The answer is no. And she's like, "Yes, Lord, but even." The dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And then because of that, that showed her faith. If you look at Peter, Peter's there cleaning his nets. They fished all night, got nothing. And Jesus comes, gets in his boat. Hey, launch out into the D, launch out. He preaches from the boat. And then he's like, all right, after preaching, he's like, hey, hey, Peter, launch out into the deep and cast the nets out. And G- and Peter, what does he do? He objects, Lord, we fished all night, but if you say it, I'll do it. And then there's a, there's a catch. There's always an objection. The woman... When Elijah goes and says, bring me some, uh, make me a cake before you make a cake for your son. And she says, uh, man of God, we only have enough for us to eat once and then we're going to die. This objection comes up and he says, even so, go make me a cake first, right? And so you see these objections that arise. So many people, the moment there's any opposition, they stop. There's things, God-given ideas that you have, God-given places where you can take territory and things you need for your growth, things you need for your future, but you've just been standing timid around the around the entry line of this, the beginning of this, where there's a, there's a hunger in your heart and you've almost, that's why so many people are like, there's this message of keep going after your dreams because people have let their dreams die just because of, because of, an objection that comes. So write down your objections first. What are the things that have been holding me back? What are the things that are my limiting beliefs because of this? Begin with those. Take a piece of paper, write them down. What's limiting me? And then when they come, you understand objections are my enemy. My own objections are my enemy. How can I move past these things and move past it and see what God will do through you? We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.